spectacular. Number four. Sorry, we're late. Late like Emperor Palpatine. That guy's definitely dead. <laughs> okay, welcome. So, um, so uh, yes, uh, very exciting night for us all. Uh, by exciting, I mean, of course, that we're all looking forward in an enthusiastic slash terrified manner to the final film in the Skywalker Saga tonight in like two, three hours. Um, uh, I've, I've been alive as long as Star Wars. So all I'm hoping is that the finish of the saga does not portend my own death. <laughs> That's not what I'm looking forward to uh, tonight. But uh, I have some uh, nerds with me, some equally large Star Wars fans uh, who are looking forward to it, of course. We've got two teams on my right. I'd just like the uh, two nerds in that team to introduce themselves and perhaps tell me one thing you're hoping might happen in, uh, in the movie we see a little bit later on. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Scott. Um, I uh, work with libraries, but I'm not a librarian. Important distinction. Um, I I was also I'm also as old as Star Wars, and I am looking forward to in the film tonight seeing Timuera Morrison digitally aged up to be the oldest clone, like grizzled and walking around and like <laughs> as a one man army fighting really old battle droids and uh, yeah and cooking eggs. Uh, kia ora, my name is Jeff. Uh, I occasionally work with children, but I'm not a child. Uh, I'm a comedian and improviser, and uh, I'm, I, the thing I'm probably looking forward to the most about the rise of Skywalker is um, seeing someone finally walk on the sky. <laughs> That's what I assume will happen. Yeah. Just end with someone just walking up. I've been promising for so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and guys, what's what's your team called tonight? Uh, we are the uh, Porg Collective. The Porg Collective. <laughs> Give them a big round of applause. Uh, now, over on my left, we have another team of nerds. Uh, tell us about yourselves, guys. What you want to see in the film? Well, hi, I'm Centuri. Um, I'm as old as The Empire Strikes Back. So, um, unless that, that's yeah, probably my favourite out of all the films. The um, thing I'd like to see in the film tonight uh, would be Han Solo coming back as a Force ghost. <laughs> because, let's Huge. face it, we're going to see some, you know, something that no one's going to expect, so I reckon that will be it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Brendan, and... Um, if we're all revealing our age, I'm a year older than Ian McDermott was when he first played the Emperor. Oh, wow. <laughs> can, you, can you believe it? Damn. He was 38. 38? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> He'd obviously lived. Hard <laughs> living Emperor. The thing that I am most hoping to see tonight is the end credits because it will mean that I've stayed awake the entire time. <laughs> okay, I sense, I sense already just of that broad four things that people want. Not, some people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Brendan, he might make it. Now, um, wrangling the nerds tonight, uh, we have uh, another very special nerd who knows a great deal about Star Wars. Also, I follow her on Twitter, and I've chosen her especially for the role because she's almost always correct, uh, I've found, just following her Twitter account. Okay. So, uh, Moata, welcome, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm good, Ben. Um, I, it is my job to be correct because 
unlike Scott, I am a librarian. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's no need to distance yourself, Scott. That's a minus point for you already. Oh, <laughs> hey. the rules. She's the moderator. I'm the. I'm just the. I'm the ultimate power and decider of what happens um, in this. This. Uh, you, you're like the Tonight. force, you bind us together. <laughs> Is there anything you want to see in Rise of Skywalker? Oh, I'm just really looking forward to all of the opinions. <laughs> so, so much. That would be so, I can't tell you. That would be I'm so politely so expressed, so I'm sure. Yeah. I'm looking for, yeah, everyone's going to walk out of that movie theatre, everyone's going to be considering going, oh, I agree on my opinion on that, but your opinion is equally valid, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to fight about it. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got a team name as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, what is your team name? <laughs> You're going to be, you'd be sad if you missed this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're called Look Who's Tarkin. <laughs> Look ah. Who's Tarkin, give them a round of applause. There's the standard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We've said it early. Okay, now, uh, we're going to the first round, which is called the Nerd Quotient, where we're just going to uh, talk nerdy facts and reveal our knowledge of, uh, uh, of Star Wars. Uh, the first team, to, the team to go first, is going to be the first one to tell me uh, how many lightsaber colours have we seen in so far? Five. Wrong. <laughs> four. Yes, Jeff, four. So you guys can go Blue, first. green. Purple, purple, red, and, and red, correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry, I was thinking ahead to tonight's. Oh. Advance <laughs> <laughs> warning. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Are, are we counting things like. Um, like no. Yeah, no, talk no, yourself like, out of winning, like Dennis. Yeah. No, we've not. No, okay, cool. No. That's not Just a lightsaber. Just checking. It's not a lightsaber. Okay, so, uh, Paul Click, my first question is to you. And I'm glad we're talking about ages mm. because I want to know how old, canonically, was Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader when he died? When he died, he when would he have died. been 53. 53? He, he would have been in his early 50s. Early 53. Wait, a year older, a, a, year, a year younger than Brendan. No. Um, <laughs> Twi 22 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Because 19 years and it was three years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And he was... Was in his 20s? Judging yeah. from his Force Ghost, he was about 22. He was about 22? <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, you could be looking at the Force Ghost. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Um, we've got slide one there, so we, I think we can bring that up uh, for folks at home. We can't bring it up. We don't know how to bring it up. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There he is. There he is. How old do you reckon he is? Oh, he's e easily early 40s. Yeah. <laughs> but he's lived. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's lived, lived a lot. Lived. You point, if, you, if you guys bring up slide two, uh, here's his original Force Ghost incarnation. Yeah. Um, so you're going for, what's, what do you reckon your answer is? I think, like, let's say 53. 53. 53. Uh, he's actually obviously 45. 45. <laughs> 45. Uh, the next slide. I'm 45. Uh, yeah, there he is compared to 50-year-old Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Darth Vader, Darth Vader, when he dies, is 45, but obviously he has seen some shit. Um, he that's, lived, that's he, Sith. Yeah, that's yeah, he's seen, seen some Sith. Um, yeah. he, he lived from 41 BBY, which is all you nerds in the audience will know is before the Battle of Yavin, to 4 ABY, which is after the Battle of Yavin, so he's 45. Um, now, Sebastian Shaw, who originally played the unmasked Vader in Return of the Jedi, and his original Force Ghost, uh, does anyone know when he was born? I'll throw this open. Anyone have an approximate age for Sebastian Shaw when he appeared in this film? As the 45-year-old Darth Vader? Have a guess. 
anyone. 25? 25? <laughs> no, he was a little bit older than that. No, oh, no, no, the, yeah, when he was born? No, 53. No, well, uh, he wasn't no. born in 53, he was born in 1905. <laughs> he is 77 years old Right. in Return of the Jedi in 1982. Wow. Um, he had a 65-year career in, in television and film. He, he was in the, the Royal Shakespeare Company for a, a decade, from the from 1966 onwards. And and though he his whole unmasking scene here lasted only two minutes and seven seconds, included just 24 words of dialogue. He received more fan mail and autograph requests from Return of the Jedi than he had for any role as an entire 65-year theatre career. And an action figure. Yes, yeah. and an action figure. Yeah. Uh, when he arrived at the set for filming, he ran into his friend Ian McDiarmid, uh, who was obviously a lot younger than him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, McDiarmid asked him what he was doing here, and Shaw said, I don't know, dear boy, I think it's something to do with science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, Lucas Tarkin, I'll give the next question as a follow-up question to you. Uh, this means Anakin was born in the same year as what other notable Star Wars character? Jabba the Hutt. It wasn't Jabba the Hutt. Um, Sam, I'm, I'm just going for speed with these. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. No, I think he's probably a bit. Oh, yeah. Probably a bit older uh, than that. Guys, any any theories? Oh, um, his twin. Uh, but Bananakin. <laughs> Bananakin Skywalker uh, lived an entirely different life as a, yeah, as a peaceful about, fruit farmer. How about uh, Grand Moff Tarkin? No. Uh, bring, this, bring the slide up, guys, so we all see who it is. It's this guy. Oh. Baby Yoda. Oh, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian pilot. Uh, we learned that the Mandalorian's target, officially known as the child, but of course universally known to the internet as Baby Yoda, it's 50 years old. And the Mandalorian is set five years after Return of the Jedi, which means Baby Yoda and Anakin are born in the same year. Oh. Start your conspiracy theories. Wait now. a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! Did the Midichlorians create him instead? Maybe. Oh! <laughs> Plot twist! No, wait a minute. We haven't we haven't um, learnt Baby Yoda's name, so. It could be Bananakin. <laughs> and he could still be the twin of Anakin. It could be. Um, why don't I, I'll leave it up to you if you're going to give Scott any points for that theory. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got to laugh, so... <laughs> okay, well, that's the important thing. Um, okay, uh, Paul Collective, we're back to you for this question. Yep. Um, yes. George Lucas hasn't been creatively in charge of Star Wars for a while now, but uh, mm. this year he nevertheless managed to drop some brand new content on a surprised world, yes. Star Wars content. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know what this is. Tell us about it, Jeff. McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> oh, would you like to explain to people that don't know what on earth McClunky is? McClunky is the name of Greedo's childhood sled. Um, <laughs> which is why, just before Han shoots him, he says it before yeah. before firing at Han. So it's, 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 it's a new thing that's been put into the extra special editions that are available on Disney Plus now. In the, in the scene where Greedo confronts Han in the cantina... Um, right before Greedo's about to shoot at Han, he um, says McClunky. That's right. Now, we have, we have got this on the next slide. I don't know if my embedded video will work with, with sound, but people that haven't experienced McClunky... Uh, I, I think that this is actually part of a new uh, thing that they're doing where Greedo pops up and provides commentary on what has happened and like the changes. So he, he's commenting that this part is a bit clunky. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, they're going to put a bit in... Uh, before Anakin's like sand speech to say he pops up and says McCringeworthy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in the Return of the Jedi and Jabba's sail barge he, 
he turns up and says, Mc, a bit gratuitous. It's yeah. <laughs> a new range of McDonald's. <laughs> you can look it up. Because, of course, it did, it did drop. Day one, I started watching Star Wars and found uh, McClunky was in here. Does anyone know how McClunky randomly ended up uh, on, on, in this version? Of I the, think we're playing. I think we're playing. Oh, the hand is hovering. The hand is hovering. Here we go. You can you can rush home and watch that right now. <laughs> when I heard about this on the internet, I was like, no, there's no way that's true. That's, that <laughs> someone's just made that up. The thing I find interesting is that there's no translation for it in the subtitle. So clearly it's a proper noun, which means McClunky is either a place or a thing or a person. So there is now canonically something out there called McClunky. Well, does, and does, maybe that's what I want to see most in The Rise of Skywalker. Does anyone have any other theories apart from Jeff's theory that it was Greedo's childhood sled? Just a massively offensive curse word. <laughs> just like, maybe just like, it's Rodian for... I've lost the will to go on. <laughs> End my suffering. Yeah. Um, so, so the reason this ended up is, is because George Lucas began yet another remastering of the Star Wars movies in 2010, so the entire saga could be released in 3D. Mm-hmm. And uh, films were to be released in episode order, so they actually got Phantom Menace out, um, but then Disney bought Lucasfilm before any of the other films could be theatrically released. Um, and um, the original trilogy was never seen in the format. However, this work with now with McClunky, had apparently been done on the conversion prior to Disney taking ownership, and that part of the change that ended up in Disney's version of the, uh, the film. So, does anyone know how many versions of the scene have now been publicly released? I'm going to say four? Five. Five, it is five. <laughs> we have five versions. The original version, Fan Shoots First, uh, 997 Special Edition, a few frames inserted in which Greedo shoots first at Solo and somehow misses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the 2004 DVD released a, uh, oh. the shots are fired at nearly the yeah. same time and yep. Solo does a weird dodge. Yeah. And uh, the Blu-ray released in 2011 uh, was firing at each other was shortened by several frames and now we've got 2019 McClunky. Um, <laughs> so McClunky, but because nerds, Star Wars nerds are deep nerds, somebody dived through um, previous dialogue and in The Phantom Men- Menace, Sabalba so says something similar sounding which is Nik Michawa Wumo Milkili Maklanki, which is translated in the subtitles as Next Time We Race Boy, It Will Be the End of You. So it's something that Greedo... He wanted to race him. <laughs> yeah. And Greedo is in the Phantom Menace, right? He's a yeah, he's yes, he's as a, a small yeah. Greedo boy. He says so if, you don't, if you don't stop doing this, you'll come to a bad end. Bad end. <clears throat> Uh-huh. So it's likely something like this is the end of you, or I'm going to finish it off now, which is further evidence for John Gross, Assistant Professor of Clinical Legal Education and Director of the Criminal Defence Clinic at the University of Alabama School of Law, who argued in a 2016 essay that Greedo's behaviour constituted a direct threat and would clearly warrant preemptive action in self-defence in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> so, uh, so this, is, this scene is in Hutties, right? The language of, we've got the next uh, slide. Uh, yeah, there are the huts. There are a few of them. Yeah. The huts have come to dominate the galaxy somehow, being big fat slugs and people still do what they want. Um, it's not been widely expanded on like Klingon, but quite a few phrases exist. So I'm going to give points to any team that can uh, provide me for some approximate translations. 
of any of these Hatties <laughs> phrases that I've, I've taken. Tumi chakoka du bunta magai ta azulis uval pod races. Want to have any theories on what that might be? I'm saying I love my pod races. <laughs> it's not far off. <laughs> Maybe have half a point for that. Something to do with the bunteri. The bunteri, yes, you can have half a point for yeah. that. Uh, yeah. That's the that's the two-headed announcer in the Phantom ah. Ministry saying we have perfect weather today for the Bunta Classic, the most hazardous of all pod races. That's <laughs> <laughs> close. Uh, Inkabunga. Oh my goodness. Jeff, you can have points. It means incredible. Kunachuta <laughs> uh, solo. Going somewhere solo? Going somewhere dead on, Jeff. Give Jeff a round of applause. Uh, what about Monkey Cheese Crisper Greedo? Why did you shoot poor Greedo? Yes, see, give him a round of applause. <laughs> it's a. Ducked a half mark because it's actually why did you fry poor Korea? Ichuta. No. This is said to C3PO in the Empire Strikes Back by the other protocol droid that he meets. And the droid says, Ichuta. And C3PO says, My, how rude. How rude. Oh. <laughs> it's um, not as bad as McClunky, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's is probably. It, is it like danger or something? Well, it's probably go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because Ben Burt, who, uh, of course, the legendary sound is, we'll talk about him a little bit later on, he, he invented, well, came up with a lot of hut phrases. He confirmed that that was hutties in his Galactic Phrase Book and Travel Guide, but he went on to say that the translation is unprintable in that <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a tricky one. Manchi kabuk nuni solo, making sali la buk bagthra, bigtha chata wunao kong bantha pudu. You're too late, Solo. Now you're nothing but bantha fodder. Very good, Jeff. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> you missed a clause in the middle. You might have been I'm a good sorry. smuggler. Chatumalia Konki Yanima Lokanyan. It's really good pronunciation. Thanks, man. Extremely well. I'm going to give a point, actually. Text this to your crush, perhaps. Oh, um, is it, in, in time you'll learn to appreciate in me. Very good, Jeff. <laughs> Soon you will learn to appreciate me. Uh, Just put it on Tinder or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, and this is the most obvious one of all, of course. Didu duin. Any thoughts? Is that from the song? No. no. There are a whole lot of lyrics to the song, but I couldn't replicate them. I didn't want to give that song more air time. <laughs> Any theories? Do you in? Oh, my neck. Close. Uh, very close. Actually, it means okay, 15%. <laughs> <laughs> thought it might be at the end when... Yeah, yeah. You know, no, not, not far off. Okay, um, no. pretty good. Pretty good, everyone. Okay, um, okay uh, some points here, Martha. I think you probably... Right, okay, well... Uh, look who's talking. It's <laughs> uh, got about the average land speed of a hut on three <laughs> points. Uh, and the pool collective are just 
having a blinding time as fast a pod racer as I've ever seen on seven points. Ooh, Ooh. give him a round of applause. Okay. okay, so, uh, Lucas Tucker, I believe this is your question. Uh, why is your local coffee shop possibly the best place to pick up some Imperial Secrets? Is it because, you know how they would reuse like different props and things like that? Is the, like a piece of Imperial technology made out of a coffee machine? Not, not bad, Brendan, given that we, there, was a, there was a very famous ice cream maker in The Empire Strikes Back. There's a guy just running along with an ice cream maker. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not far away in terms of the, a, a coffee shop influencing something that we saw on screen. Something that's carried over from real life. Uh, it was it was Starbucks. Uh, mm. If that helps anyone, um, I don't see what Battlestar Galactic has to do with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrong franchise. Paul Collective, do you have any have any theories? Um, well, the Bothans are, are famous for collecting uh, Empire secrets and massive yeah. coffee heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, Botham, Botham Coffee is amongst the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. maybe like espionage is only a part time gig, so they have to supplement their income with barrister work. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of people tell things to their baristas that they wouldn't tell to... What? You know. People <laughs> tell things to their baristas. <laughs> That's your theory. When I'm getting coffee, I'm tired, I'm lonely, I want someone to talk to. And like that, they know the names of all the, um, yeah. all the Empire staff at the, at the Death, Death Star cafeteria because they have to write the names on the cups. Oh, my God! Scott, you may have hit upon it. Uh, we're going to give you some points for this. Um, so, Gareth, Gareth Edwards... Uh, oh, was this the name of Scarif? Scarif, right? So, <laughs> so he Sorry. said he's got the story that uh, Gary Witter uh, was ah. writing the film. He was naming things, and eventually he was sick of doing it. And he said, "Right, I'm gonna." I said, "You're naming the next planet," uh, and he said, "You're gonna name the planet uh, at the end of the movie." It's the whole third act. So, right, this is a big deal. I'm gonna get a coffee, and I'll come back with a name. And so he went down to Starbucks, <laughs> and the barista said, uh, "What's your name?" And he said, "It's Gareth." And he, his coffee cup back, came back with Scarif on it. And he went back to Gary Wood and said, this is the name of the planet. Scarif. Wow. Scarif. Wow. So that is how it got its name. So, yeah, definitely points yeah. For, for Scott there. Hang and that barista must be get, like going, where's my percentage? Where are my royalties? <laughs> where's my money? 15%. My, 15%. 15%. <laughs> <laughs> doody doody. <laughs> um, so while on Scarif, Jin uh, so she got the Death Star plans. Uh, Paul mm. Collective is the view to the Rebels, which is certainly very helpful, but there's another heads up she could have given them that might have avoided a lot of trouble. Uh, do you know what it was? Oh, there were other secret plans. There were there. other secret plans. Yeah. So, they um, were working on the um, light speed tracking. Jeff, very yes. good. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And I've got a slide here. Uh, there she is. She's in the Death Star plans, and uh, she found out that they're working on hyperspace tracking, yeah. uh, which, of course, is the whole one of the whole MacGuffins in... The Last Jedi, which leads to the whole fuel chase. So if you'd just taken that with her, they could have... Well, they didn't blow up the entire planet. They did. So obviously they had a backup of that plan. Or well, maybe maybe they didn't... Maybe it set them back 35 years. Um, uh, what if... What if the plans were included in the file that R2 took to uh, with the Death Star plans, and then when the Rebels won... Those became public resource documents, which then the First Order were able to get back 
and then use them there. The Death Star plans were released as Creative Commons. Yeah, it? absolutely. It's like, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, we've, it, there's no chance anyone could build or get one again because we're the good guys yeah. are in charge now. So we'll just put out the plans that are out there and someone goes, oh, yep, I remember those files. Let's get those. I don't know if they could fit more plans on that 1.2 megabyte floppy disk that they had. Maybe <laughs> right. somebody put in an OIA request and that's just how long it took. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Working its way. It, it was, uh, was WookieLeaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the oh dear. Okay. So, so me as Mickle said in that film, uh, yeah. look, he's talking that he said a bit of a first when he played Death Star engineer uh, Galen Uso in, in Rogue One. Do you know what? Do you know what that was? He completed a set of kinds. Uh, was this actors who were nominated for something? Nobody gets nominated for being in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> no, but sometimes people who are nominated for things got, are in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, Alec Guinness got nominated for being in Star Wars. Well, he's dead now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he Is count. he been? He was written out of canon. <laughs> Does he throw that away? So he made a, he had an achievement, did you say? Well, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a kind of quirky first that he... It wasn't much of an achievement. More of a, <laughs> more of a statistical fluke. <laughs> How did he die? He was the first actor called Mads to be in a Star Wars film. <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> it's true. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you clear. There's a slide here. I think we can get two. We can get two out of three from this. The important thing here is there is there is there is one more. Uh, oh, is it appearing in a series of different franchises? So yes. he was in the Marvel movies. He was in the Marvel movies. And Bond. The Bond films, the Bond films and the Star Wars and, films. Uh, right. yeah. He was the first person to be in all three uh, of those franchises. He was in uh, Doctor Strange and he was in Casino Royale. Mm. Uh, but he was joined in that club late, a year later by somebody else. Does anyone know who that was? This Audience, thing. I'm opening this to you as well because it's very impressive. What's that? Was it Daniel, Daniel Craig? Craig? No, it wasn't Daniel Craig. Daniel what? Craig has not yeah. been in a Marvel movie. We're all so waiting for that day, but it hasn't happened yet. Last year, though. So it's someone who's been in a Bond film, a Marvel movie, a Marvel film, and, and a Star Wars film. And a Star Wars film. Oh, Benicio Del Toro. It was Benicio yeah. Del Toro. Give oh, Scott a round of applause. Yeah. Uh, he was a bad guy in Licence to Kill, uh, way back when, That's and right. he was in mm. Guardians of the Galaxy, wow. of course, as well. So, uh, Paul Clector, this one's for you. Mm -hmm. If you're like me, you're a Star Trek fan of a certain age, which we've all established at this Star point. Trek fan. Yeah, a Star yeah. Trek fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I put ST, sequel trilogy. I don't know what I'm getting my acronyms confused. So, so Star um, Trek. No, Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars uh, yeah. Right, cool. Yep. So you've included minus, points, minus points for me. <laughs> yeah. And fully justified. Yep. Um, so you've included in with all the minutiae of the original trilogy and, and even right. probably quite a bit of the prequels, but you haven't quite got a similar level of detail down on the newer stuff yet. So bearing in mind that it might be quite hard, yep. can you tell me what a Sheffy is? It's something I drove to the Liffey, but the Liffey was dry. <laughs> <laughs> Moata will be the judge of okay. that terrible joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Is it someone who cooks me my foodie? <laughs> Not as good? No, okay. <laughs> Diminishing return. Just quit while you're ahead. Quit ahead. Um, so I can bring up a picture of a chiffy. Uh, it's, there's the chiffy. Uh, he's a small, a sort of very alien. He, you can see him in, in uh, The Last Jedi. He's in the background of the Canto uh, bite scene. Um, he's an animatronic prop that's actually attached to that costume. Does anyone know what's special about the chef? 
Why is he in the movie? He donated a lot of money <laughs> to get the cameo. Yeah. <laughs> won a competition. He, was he, one of he the won biggest. an amazed competition. Is, um, so the, the ship he is inspired, uh, in, the, in the next slide we'll see, uh, by Carrie Fisher's dog. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's dog, yeah. Gary Fisher. Um, <laughs> Gary, who is a, a French bulldog that accompanied Fisher pretty much everywhere, including on the sets of Fourth Awakens and, and Last Jedi. He had 150,000 Instagram followers himself, yeah. Gary, at one point. Uh, if you feel like being really sad, there's a video you can look up of, of Gary watching uh, the trailer for The Last Jedi and getting all excited when Carrie comes on screen after she had died. Um, so, But happily, Gary's now retired to, uh, to an estate. He was adopted by Carrie Fisher's assistant, so he's living his, his Carrie Fisher best, li best life. Um, so um, yeah, so the Sheffy was was a direct reference to um, to to Gary. Um, so last last question for this round uh, for Lucas Tarkin: What massive controversy rocked Star Wars in February two thousand and eighteen? <laughs> and it's not the one you think. The ongoing one. February last yes year. Um, so that was when Disney. Took over? No, they've they've been the, they took over since between way before, yeah, before the Force Awakens. Last, last, right last year, the last year, last year. It it was revealed that the Death Star was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> That's in tonight's film. <laughs> that we're going to see. Uh, it was to do with sound. I mentioned Ben Burt before, uh, the the sound designer of Star Wars. Uh, that he didn't he didn't record actual lightsabers. <laughs> it was all a lie. <laughs> they were just rods in front of a speaker, something. I think yeah, electrical yeah. rods in front of a speaker. Uh, the, the 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 studio officially announced in February two thousand eighteen that Star Wars was retiring the Wilhelm scream. Oh. Oh. Uh, again, this is where the sound would be provided if we we had it. But uh, the Wilhelm scream. Yes, <laughs> some people would uh, like, perhaps, uh, Scott, would you like to do an impersonation of oh. the Wilhelm Scream? <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, so the Wilhelm Scream uh, was actually revived by Ben Burt. Uh, <laughs> he, he tracked down the original uh, recording. Um, he's, he's looking for it now. Yeah, you can probably find the Wilhelm Scream. Uh, it was originally recorded for a 1953 film called The Charge at Feather River, and he found it under a studio reel labelled Man Being Eaten by Alligator. <laughs> so that is the official sound. And then it became an in-joke. Uh, it's been in every Star Wars film, except for The, the Last, Last Jedi, Jedi, where they didn't use it. Uh, ben Burt, uh, there's a slide here of Ben Burt. That's, oh my God. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> ben Burt, I think it should That's be like there. Oh, there's the Wilhelm scream. Can you play it again oh. for us, Michael? Yeah, so now you know what it sounds like. It's in over 150 films, mm -hmm, and yeah. um, it's in, it's in uh, multiple um, occurrences in some of the Star Wars films. It's in about four times in The Phantom Menace, three times in various other ones. Uh, and Ben Burt, he had a cameo in Return of the Jedi. Is this guy, uh, mm. Colonel Dyer, <laughs> who hand knocks off the shield generator balcony. It doesn't. He didn't. We didn't hear the actual Wilhelm scream, but Ben Burt tried to replicate it and, um, <laughs> in his own death scene. He tried to, to try and make it as close as he could. Um, 
So yeah, so they came out in February last year and said, no, we're not going to use it anymore. We've got a new stock sound effect screen that's just as good. <laughs> and everyone's like, boo! boo. Uh, people, people thought that uh, The Last Jedi was also the first Star Wars film not to use another uh, signature of the franchise. It's been in every film, and people thought it hadn't been in The Last Jedi. Does anyone know what that I've was? I've got a bad feeling about I've got this. a bad feeling yeah. about this. Give Brendan a round of applause for... Uh, so everyone thought that uh, that nobody had said it until Ryan Johnson revealed that BB-8 says it. <laughs> uh, right at the start, where he and Poe uh, fly into battle, and BB-8 says bloop 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 bloop, and Poe responds, "Happy beeps, buddy, happy beeps." <laughs> and Ryan Johnson, that says that's because I've got a because BB-8 said I've got a bad feeling about this. Uh, brilliant. So that brings us to the end of the nerd question round. Uh, what, what are the scores looking like now? Ooh. Well, there's been some movement, uh, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look who ta- who's talking is just kind of limping along on the six. Hey, we've but almost caught up with their score from yeah. the last. And the poor collective are just streaking ahead with 11. Mm-hmm. Give them a round of applause. Yeah, 11. Okay, now I've asked the nerds to uh, prepare some homework. Uh, for the episode tonight, I want to hear the one thing in, about Star Wars they would change. If they had one magic wand uh, wave and they could change one thing, what would it be and why? So, uh, Sin, I'd like to hear what you would, what's wrong with All Star right. Wars and how you would fix it. All right. Um, well, I guess it's quite relevant to what we've um, been through previously um, because there's one scene in Star Wars A New Hope that has always bugged me, and that's the um, special edition scene where. They reintroduce Jabba the Hutt, and mm. you know, Han Solo goes up to him and talks to him, and before he, they board the Falcon. Um, I don't really see the point in, you know, introducing Jabba. It's sort of like Lucas has decided, oh, you know, I have to explain everything before Return of the Jedi, right? So let's cut that out. It was badly done anyway. So I reckon we could change it up. Um, there's a couple of things that. We haven't really, you know, focused on in Star Wars, and I think um, one we don't have a lot of montages. <laughs> so let's chuck in a montage, right? And then number two, I think um, let's focus on some of the lesser-known characters, right? So you know, what's one character in A New Hope that we don't see a lot of, and that's Wuha the bartender. <laughs> so if you can think back to, you know, cut back to the bartender. All right, he's got a bit of a mess to clean up, so mopping the floor, getting the blood off the floor, you know, picking up an arm. It's like, all right, what am I going to do with this arm? Cut to him in the kitchen, maybe. Um, butcher's block, you know, preparing dinner. Make use of what you've got. What do you reckon? That's, what, that's why he didn't seem that upset. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Greedo as well. Yeah. So, you know, why not? And let's show what kind of badass... We're the bartender, so we're, we're the bartender montage. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. give give Sin a round of applause for that. I think. Do you think is that why he doesn't uh, allow droids in the cantina? Because <laughs> there's no eating on droids. <laughs> you can't eat droids. Yeah, exactly, no droid. exactly. You can read right into that. Um, very good, Marta. I'll, I'll let you decide how many points you're going to give to that. Uh, how much you'd like to see yeah, that in, in Star Wars? Secret points at this point. Um, yeah. We're going on to a round now called NDCSA, and uh, <laughs> this is um, I saw an article recently on um, IMDb about uh, people that were nearly cast 
in the sequel trilogy. Um, interesting thing about alternative casting. There's a few, few things that are kind of interesting, like um, they were looking at uh, Hugo Weaving for Kylo Ren, for example, which would be weird to think of. Um, uh, James McAvoy for Poe. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was going to play Captain Phasma before they tend to switch that role and stuff. Uh, Benicio Del Toro's role was, was offered to Joaquin Phoenix, who turned it down. So um, I'd, like for, I'd like for us to think in this, in this uh, mould of, of what could have been. We're going to do some fantasy recasting right. of the Star Wars saga. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a big Hollywood name. Uh, none of you are unknowns here. We're going we're gonna to take these big names and we're going to smush them somewhere into the Star Wars movie. So the first team... As an like, existing character. Yes, an existing Exist- character. Sorry. In so any the, of the films? Or any just? of the films. Okay. The first team has the job of casting them perfectly. Right. So ideally we <laughs> want to go, wow, that would actually be better than what we got. Okay. Like that person would be good. And then the second team that I'm going to go to is the aim of casting them in the most ill-fitting role possible. <laughs> so bad that it would have taken down the entire franchise. Okay. Okay. And then Moata will, will determine on each, uh, for each uh, celebrity... Which team is more powerfully correct with, with their casting choice? Okay, so the rules are to remember that some characters have multiple incarnations. Yep. So there's young, young and old Obi Wan or Darth Vader's body versus Darth Vader's voice. Yeah. Yep. Um, gender swapping roles, like Benedict, is totally allowed. Cool. And uh, unless otherwise specified, you can say which age version of your actor you have in mind. So, um, Paul Collective, I'm going to ask you first. I want you to cast in Star Wars Keanu Reeves. In the perfect character? Perfect. perfect character for Keanu Reeves to play. Oh, man. So, I mean, someone who's, whoa, really kind of... <laughs> oh, well, young mean, Anakin. Well, like, not Jake Lewis character. Are no, you no, thinking, no, like, 45-year-old no, no, Keanu no, Reeves? Think, well, this is pod racing. No, I actually... I, actually, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, we t- I, I think we take modern John Wick-style oh, Keanu. Okay. We put him as Qui-Gon Jinn. Because he has that zen quality, yeah, yeah. but also the the coiled spring of a real badass ready to come out and strike. But he could also be Darth Vader mm. in the corridor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another. That's another one. Yep. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave right. you guys. Not quite like you quite got idea. We're doing it. Oh no, we'll go with, we'll go with Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, 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 Qui-
Moonlighting did he, did he audition Moonlighting for, era, Die Hard. Did he audition for Han Solo? Not sure there's a long list of names of people that supposedly did. Like Kurt Russell, Al Pacino was offered it. That'd be weird. <laughs> oh, um, I... Admiral Ackbar. Admiral Ackbar? <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a good... Like, it, his Die Hard era, he was very good at, like, finding traps. <laughs> 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 okay, we're gonna have young Bruce Willis as as Admiral Ackbar. Guys, who would who would be the worst person you've got to go better than Admiral Ackbar? I, I always thought like you could just say the Emperor. The Emperor's gonna be a lot <laughs> but, but, but no, there's gonna be well, no, 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 what else? Um, okay, so we're talking canonical Star Wars films. Um, <sighs> what? How do we be good at that? Like we're talking young Bruce Willis when he still gives a shit. How about, how about like Shmi, Shmi Skywalker? <laughs> you want to yes, cast Bruce, young Bruce Willis as Anakin's Anakin Skywalker's yeah. mother, yeah. Shmi Skywalker? <laughs> okay. Or, or, or what about as the husband when he goes, Shmi is my Shmi wife. Shmi is my wife. Klieg Lars. <laughs> Klieg Lars. Shmi is my wife. Oh, I, don't know. I, 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 I need an answer. Yeah. yeah. The Jawas. All Fe of the Jawas. Featured Jawa, yeah. Featured oh, Like Jawa. a Tim Wera Morrison kind of thing where he's all the Jawas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Providing the voice with and the, the new, acting. With the, with the New Jersey accent. Yeah. Yippee yeah. 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 Hey, it's a bunny. It's a bunny. Okay. <laughs> so what would you rather see young Bruce Willis as Admiral Ackbar or less as all of the Jawas? Come on, get the sand covers up. We'll have a few yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get Paul Collective. Okay, Paul Collective. Yeah. Yes, well done. Okay. okay. Uh, I will say though, the best casting for him would actually be Stormtroopers. Just to play all of the Stormtroopers. All of the Stormtroopers, because they're clones. No, they're not. Well, the, sorry, the clone troopers. Okay, uh, Paul Clegg, <laughs> your turn to be uh, positive this time. No, I, wa oh, I want so. you to recast Sandra Bullock Sandra in the Bullock. Star Wars films. Um, Fortunately, there are more women recently <laughs> than there have been. She would have been able to resist. She's quite. Pew, she, pew. She's got a good, you know, sass to her. So, yeah. Yep. Um, she could be Shmi. Jeff just wants everyone to be Shmi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just um, like saying Shmi? Shmi. <laughs> what about like Chewbacca? <laughs> that would have added a really nice dynamic to the heart like, relationship. So It'd be like a real kind of Chewbacca would have been probably shorter than Han Solo. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you reckon? Chewbacca. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is Chewbacca. Is Sandra Bullock is, is Chewbacca. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, guys, who 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 do we not want to see Sandra Bullock? As? See, problem is I can only come up with the perfect the casting. You're <laughs> too good at casting, Brian. Really. Salacious Crumb. Salacious <laughs> Crumb. Jabba's little yeah, pet in his throne room. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Why, why do you think she'd be? Just because she's good at jumping up and holding a ceiling. <laughs> she seems. She seems. She seems uh, like she'd enjoy the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, not her, that's not her answer. She okay. can speak fluent German, but I don't yeah. know that that's going to come in handy in this context. Okay, so I'd also like to point out that Sandra Bullock has experience of sitting in a cockpit driving a vehicle really, really fast. So as a co-pilot for the Millennium Falcon, she would have been really And no good. less than 50 kilometres an hour. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like she could do it in 50 parsecs. And gravity. 
Yeah. Yeah, and zero 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 gravity situation. She does have space experience. But yep. the actual the actual answer is um, we're going to go with work of the bartender. <laughs> that's we don't serve their kind here. First of all, that's a whole montage of Sandra Bullock. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not the best that's montages. Mm. Would be pretty bad. So, mm. do you want to see Sandra Bullock as Chewbacca, Martha? <laughs> it's, I'm it, going to guess. I guess. You can also just you can you can just decide to take points off both oh. teams. <laughs> <laughs> can I give them none? Nobody any points. No points. Okay. And may God have mercy on you. Okay. <laughs> We're only one more. We're only one more. Uh, I want a positive casting, uh, please. Uh, look who's talking for Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Count um. Dooku. <laughs> This is the good version. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe you could bring a bring a bit more energy to that role. Oh, yeah. um, how about Mace Windu? Shave his head. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Can you see Robin Williams fighting Django Fett oh. in an arena? It's got 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 merit. C three PO. Yes. That's a good he's one. Got, he's That's got a good nice one. Centennial he does have he does have, okay, he does have robot experience. Yeah. Okay. We're we'll 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 like that. C three PO. C three PO. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Lord, number six, <laughs> Okay, uh, guys. Right. The well, worst casting. The worst casting. I mean, the, the reason you you cast Ron Williams is, is for his personality and his voice. Yeah. Yes. So what's a character that has no voice? Yeah. The voice of R two D two. The, the voice of R2-D2. Uh, we so think that, doing, would, that would destroy the bleeps, charm of R2. If you'd hear, hear Ron Williams doing oh, hey, voice crap. Because oh, hey, he'd hey. ad-lib. He'd ad-lib. You'd get all these weird references. But they did They did hire a bunch of comedians to do the, the sounds for BB-8. They did. So there is there is uh, actually like a... <laughs> so you wouldn't see a lot of them as r 2 We're not talking BB-8 here. We're talking R2. <laughs> ah. <laughs> or, or Lobot. 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 The cyborg from... Oh, the cyborg from Clown City. He doesn't say anything. He just said... I still think that giving R2 a voice would just be worse. You know? Good morning, Clown City! (laughs) Hey, Dagobah! (laughs) Hey, Luke! Luke, over here! (laughs) I've never been... Hey, hey, hey! (laughs) I've never been this deep in the mud since I went to that that really nice spa. That's pretty bad. Okay. I, I'm loving the C3PO. Robin Williams' and C3PO. Okay, give them a round of applause. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's that's the end of that round. Uh, now let's level look back. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I'd like to see your homework. What charge, change would you like to make in Star Wars? All right, my, my change actually takes place in the real world. Uh, and I've created an alternative timeline uh, based on events that had occurred. And then you'll see where it diverts into what I consider a better timeline. So 1971, it progresses as per, it, it begins as per normal. George Lucas decides that he wants to make a space adventure in 1971, and he ends up making American Graffiti. In 1973, he starts writing the Star Wars and pitches the idea to a bunch of studios, and most of them pass. But then in 1973, 20th Century Fox agree to fund it, and um, there's a lot of back and forth on the rights deal. Basically, they end up signing off that um, Lucas uh, takes a cut in his director's fee, uh, but he maintains the, se- the rights to the sequels and merchandising. So from 1974 to 1975, it progresses as normal. Lucas completes his various drafts of the screenplay and streamlines and develops the story further. March 1976, filming begins. 
Production rapidly falls behind and over behind schedule and over budget due to massive rainstorms, Lucas's own awkwardness with the actors, and British labour laws. And so, in late '76, early 1977, there was a crucial meeting that George Lucas had with Fox in order to release an additional three million dollars, taking the budget of the movie from what was then a reasonably sizable eight million dollars to eleven million dollars, in order to complete the post-production work. In this reality, it diverts because at this point, Lucas is forced to agree to relinquish merchandising rights, but retains the rights to the sequels. Which means that when Star Wars opens and becomes a massive blockbuster, the uh, money, uh, Fox stock doubles in price as it did in real life, but more importantly, it they get a huge cash flow coming in from the merchandise, from all the toys and the shirts, the Kenner thing that happened, they had to give out vouchers and stuff like that. There's a shitload of money coming in. And so, Fox, 20th Century Fox becomes an immediate powerhouse. Not just a supercharged studio, but an actual titan of the industry. George Lucas still forms Lucas Films. He still forms, he's, he'd formed that before he started, just after the film opened. And so he fosters an independent studio where he's able to work on it. He still maintains the sequel rights. So the success of Empire and Return of the Jedi continues, but it continues to rake in oodles of money for Fox Studios. It also means that in 1979, the computer division of Lucasfilm, which goes on to become Pixar, grows up under the wing of 20th Century Fox, meaning that they can feed into Fox Animation Studios, which will come in later. But... <laughs> Most importantly, most importantly, it means that in 1985, when there was a power struggle for control of 20th Century Fox, and the, one of the partners was in trouble because he had made some bad tax evasion deals and done a deal with Iran, he was forced to sell his shares to his other partner, who then made a deal with a guy called Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch <laughs> then leveraged the control he had with Fox to create Fox News. In this reality, the stock price of Fox News is so high that that deal is no longer necessary. No one wants to give up the golden goose of Fox, which has all of this money rolling in from Star Wars. It means that George Lucas is still an independent filmmaker, and eventually he does make some reasonably well-received Star Wars films in the late 80s, early 90s, because he doesn't have the amount of... Of money churning around to just sit back and be comfortable, he's still got to make movies in order to feel validated as a director. So it means that in the 80s, he makes the prequel trilogy starring Tom Cruise, <laughs> who is slightly believable as someone who could be seduced by a weird religious cult and seduced <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> They're much better re re received. But it also means that in 1993, when, the, when, Marvel, when um, Marvel Comics are on the brink of bankruptcy... Fox don't just buy X-Men in 1994, they buy everything on the slate. They buy the entire thing and foster an entirely new Marvel Studios in the late 90s. Meaning that they can then begin making the Marvel Studio movies earlier on. Pixar grows up un and fosters into... Uh, Jeff, it's time Studios. for the movie, we yes. gotta go! <laughs> But it means that all of those movies are kept out of the out of the hands of Disney. Disney becomes uh, is still a very very successful animation studio, but not the mon monolith monopoly that it is in there. Fox is a massive thing, but Fox Searchlight is protected. Independent films are being made, and George Lucas is still creating Star Wars films and having a strong narrative hand in everything. But he doesn't have the power to do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Jeff Clark, everyone's happy. <laughs>
And also, Donald Trump is never president. <laughs> One of those is more important than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went on the tangent of the movie. I forgot the Fox News thing. Yeah. Mona, I will leave you to decide how many I points to award that 22-year alternative history in real time that we all deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this was the worst reality. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't, okay. Wouldn't, yeah. If, 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 if George Lucas lost the merchandising rights, he'd feel a bit annoyed at that and maybe the, the sequels he would deliberately like handicap the toy opportunities by just like m all of the all so you mean he wouldn't make a bunch of movies which were intended to sell a lot of toys that would be the, it'd be just the same character like every every spe there'd be no new characters no, no new ships it would just be, be the same over and over again he would actually make the clones mm -hmm. main, main, main characters it would just be like uh, yeah Timmy Morrison all the way down <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. I feel that. we have to take this to the IMDb message boards. If we're <laughs> okay. okay, so we're on to the next round now, which is uh, the quote round, which I have called Say on Target. And uh, I thought it was important that we have a quote round. Star Wars has so many great lines, and we, we love to demonstrate how well we know them. Uh, the problem is, I said we've done this uh, show three times now, so it's kind of getting hard to know where to go on quotes. Uh, the first time we hear Star Wars quotes... Um, we're just starting to read out quotes and trying to get the rest, which was way too easy. Everybody uh, knew that. So the next time Brendan did it, uh, he just read one word of the quote, and it was still way too easy. <laughs> then the next time he did it, he just made an emotional noise. <laughs> and we were still getting them correct. So I didn't know how to step this up, so I thought about it. Um, in this sales quote round, I'm going to give you no part of the quote <laughs> I want at all. Uh, what I'm going to do is tell you an event or action that happens in the film, and I want to know what the next line of English dialogue is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So, just if you think you know it, just jump in. I've got a lot of these, but we'll see how well we're doing. I wanted to make it hard. So, uh, what is the first line after Darth Vader boards Princess Leia's ship at the start of Star Wars. We've Jeff. done a complete sweep of the area. No, it's not. Ah. I'll give you a clue. He storms in, mm. and the stormtroopers storm in, and they don't really say anything. Mm. Is it cuts to 3PO? It cuts to 3PO and R2-D2. Uh, who says, an escape pod? Something like that. Uh, it's, it's actually... Oh, I can tell this is going to be difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it will be no uh, except for the princess this time. No, it's uh, uh, so it's when uh, it goes to um, R2D2 getting the plans from Princess Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, mm. and uh, C3PO says, R2D2, where are you? Mm. Right. Okay. I just have to tell you that a lot of these lines are not memorable. <laughs> 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 you might have ramped up the difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I welcome the challenge. Now okay. we know what level we're at. Yeah. Luke is attacked by a Tuscan raider. I want the next line of English dialogue. <laughs> does not count. That is not what we're looking for. Okay, so Nor is he's attacked by a Tuscan raider. Hello there. He's yes, Jim Brendan. Yeah. Yes. Obi Wan says hello there. hello there because R two comes up. Okay. Um, Chewie dives down the garbage chute. 
Well, I know before that, it's I don't care what you smell. Get in there, but it's before that, but afterwards. Then he dives down there. Oh, what, a, what a wonderful smell you've discovered. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, it's Han going, ah! No, he leaves, so he dives, he dives down the garbage chute and he leaves uh, Han and Luke still firing, blasting at the sound troopers, and Han tells Luke something. You're oh, next. Um, some oh, prince there. Something about yes, the yes. He says, you, uh, wonderful girl. Wonderful girl, yeah. Either I'm going to kill her or I'm beginning really to like her. her. <laughs> Okay. What's a Ben? Yeah. It's going to be an I've awkward got, round, Ben. I've got that. It is going to be an quick awkward fire, round. Quick fire. Um, Obi Wan runs into Darth Vader in the Death Star. Anakin, it's been years. How you doing? <laughs> How you been? Oh. How's your wife and kids? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the high ground now, bitch? <laughs> um, I've been waiting for you. Yes, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Well done, Sid. Can you do the Can you do the rest of it? I've been waiting for you, Obi Wan. We meet again at last. When I met you, when I last, when last met, met you, when I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Oh my God, he's so honoured. You only missed. You only missed the circle is now complete. Ah, okay. I met you. I was but the learner. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> the Death Star blows up. Which one? First one. The first one. Yeah. Uh, great shot, kid. That was one in a minute. Well done, Brendan. Yeah. Ed, spill on. <laughs> Jabba's sail barge blows up. Great shot, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you at the rendezvous point. So, very close. Oh, very close. Uh, Luke says, meet, "Meet you back at the fleet." Yeah. Meet you back at the fleet. Um, <laughs> the Echo Base shield door finishes closing. Ah! That's not in oh, English. It's, it's, it's C3PO. English. It is C3PO. Saying. My wife knows it. Not exactly. Master Luke will be alright. He's <laughs> got. He ate all the pies. <laughs> <laughs> he says, actually, R2 has been known to make mistakes from time, time to time. To time. Mm. Uh, what about. Han and Leia kiss for the first time. Oh, C3PO. C3PO. Yeah. Yep. Come Sir. The hyperdrive. Sir. Sir. Uh -huh. Sir. So the hyperdrive is I've isolated the reverse power flux coupling. <laughs> Great. Oh, I've got, I've got a tattoo of that line <laughs> and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hand gets frozen in carbonite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's entered successful hibernation or something like that. That's, no, the, that's the line after. Is he after, alive? After C3PO right. says, ooh. They've encased him in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know what uh, C3PO says when Luke gets dropped into the rancor pit? They've dropped him into the rancor pit! <laughs> he says, oh no, the rancor. <laughs> when I was researching this, I found that C3PO's role in Star Wars is basically just to describe what is he's happened. The, he's the Legolas of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. What happens when the second Death Star blows up? They've blown up the second Death Star. <laughs> C3PO says, they did it! <laughs> Okay, now we're going to the extra hard ones. Okay, okay. <laughs> bring it. Okay, this the, these ones have a scene transition. Yep. Okay. Uh, Let me guess. It's a wipe. Han and Luke. <laughs> Han and Luke are awarded medals. 
Okay, so then it's the start of Empire Strikes Back. The start of Empire Strikes Back. It'd be Han talking to the Tonton. Not Han. Oh, so the, the probe guy. droid, the probe droid comes down and <laughs> is it an imperial <laughs> officer? No, no, the imperials don't say anything. They just fire a probe droid. <laughs> Luke sees it. What the? This is some <laughs> kind of meteor or something. He yeah. he picks up his radio and he sees Echo Three to Echo Seven. Uh, I know, buddy. Read me. Sentry <laughs> That's the first one. Okay. We'll, we'll do a couple more. <laughs> Luke and Vader start dueling in Cloud City. You can't defeat me. No, it's a whole other scene. <laughs> oh, it transitions it to swaps the... to something else. It cuts to them trying to get Han back from... Yeah, but they're not quite that far advanced. Yeah, yeah. He's just being tortured or something, isn't he? <laughs> no. This it's, uh, Lando, Lando, it's, it's when Lando decides he should be on the side of good. And he, he, does anyone know what his line is? He, he, all his men arrive and get the stormtroopers' guns. Mm. All right, everyone. And he says, all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to Lock Princess Leia. He's talking they to start strangling him and keep it quiet. Hold them here. Yeah, keep it quiet. Hold them in the security tower and keep it quiet. Pretty good, Scott. Okay, mm. last one. Uh, Poe demonstrates uh, what a great pilot he is. With a killing spree on an X-wing on Tokadana. That's some pilot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Finn says that's one hell of a pilot. So, so Finn is the C-3PO. He's the C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> that's someone. Give Brendan a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> that was. I'm glad we got some quotes that people couldn't get any of them, <laughs> and yet still people got some of them. That's, that's amazing. With a little help. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's, let's go over to Scott's homework. Uh, Scott, I'd like to hear what you'd uh, change in the, the Star Wars. Sure. Movie. Thanks, Ben. Um, ben, I, I'd like to talk about a, a very a serious issue. Um, it, it's, I want to talk about promises broken. I want to talk about a betrayal of a fandom. Um, in the original Star Wars, we, uh, we saw the Rebel Alliance. We saw um, they had X-Wing fighters. And they had Y-Wing fighters. Now, the eagle-eyed amongst you may notice that the letters X and Y, respectively, appear in the names of those, those ship, ship types. And, and that was a promise of sorts, because uh, X and Y are letters of the alphabet. And as you may know, there are other letters of the alphabet also. And uh, so the franchise laid a promise of what, what was to come. And sure enough, uh, with successful, we got, we got uh, other letters, A and B and, and, and U and others in the extended universe. Uh, so promise made, promise fulfilled. Um, but also in the original trilogy, uh, there was the Galactic Empire. They had starships also. Uh, they had TIE fighters, TIE fighters, which are in the shape of a, a bow tie. Um, intriguing, intriguing. And I, I think we all, we all had the same thought. We thought, okay, great. Well, we, we enjoyed the whole alphabet um, thing with the, the, the rebels. And clearly with the Empire, they're going for a kind of men's neckwear um, <laughs> uh, line. And so... Um, but then what we get, Empire Strikes Back, we got TIE Fighters in the shape of bow tie, which is a Jedi, TIE Fighters in the shape of bow tie. Then Empire 2.0, we got uh, Force Awakens, TIE Fighters in the shape of a bow tie. And so they, they, they just, bow ties is the only kind of neckwear they, that were approved by the Empire. And I, I feel like this was a missed opportunity for a, a, a wonderful variety of, of designs and, and innovation and also strategy um, developments in the, uh, the Imperial Corps. 
Um, so what I would change, uh, Ben, is is to uh, have the full the full range of of uh, men's uh, neckwear uh, items uh, on display in the designs of the Rebel fleet. Um, the necktie, the the, the necktie uh, would be necktie fighter. Um, the natural uh, enemy of the B-wing, uh, very long, so it can kind of do strafing attacks. Um, you have the uh, the Ascot or Ascot Tie Fighter or Hanker Tie Fighter. It's a fancy one. Kind of the, 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 the kind of admirals and generals would fly that. It's a fancy kind of Tie Fighter. It flopsy. Uh, you've got the knitted Tie Fighter. Um, that would be for the 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 uh, the, the cra you know arts and crafts. So we you know when when the uh, uh, tie pilots are sitting around in the Death Star, just uh, in between runs. Um, they could uh, be knitting away at their, their, their next ship. Um, you've got to give these guys hobbies because it is, you know, long shifts uh, away from home. Um, you've got the, the, the Bolo TIE Fighter. Um, you could lasso um, X Wings with that. Very good, the st string, string TIE Fighter. Um, you have the, uh, of course, um, the, the, they, they could start copying the, the tactics of, of, of the. The rebels uh, in Empire Strikes Back. We saw the Millennium Falcon do that uh, wee trick where it latched onto the uh, the Star Destroyer uh, it, it, just before we went to hyperdrive, and, and uh, so uh, m mimicking that that style of tactic, we'd get the the clip-on tie fighter, <laughs> where, uh, just can just latch onto things and uh, say conserve fuel, um, and and of course. Um, I mean, a, 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 a familiar sight in Star Wars, in Star Wars Chasers, is the, the goodies banking to get through that narrow gap mm -hmm. and, and the baddies crashing into each other, but not with the skinny TIE fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, would, that, would, uh, that would do the trick. And of course, um, for less formal skirmishes in space, the, the no TIE fighter. <laughs> um, but the Imperial Navy don't get all the, uh, all, all the glory. They'd also expand the, the, the design variations to the... Uh, the, the ground-based Imperial Army also, uh, which is how you get the cravat at Walker. Go on, correlate with you. So um, before we hear from Brendan, we'll just do a, a quick round. Um, the, um, the last time we did this, we, we had some lovely questions from uh, Brendan's wife, Emma, who, who doesn't, know, doesn't know a lot about, well... She's watched Star Wars, obviously, but she thinks about it a different way. She came up with some questions that uh, had us all wondering about uh, uh, Star Wars in a different way. Now, I, I didn't have ready access to Brendan's wife, um, <laughs> but I do have a 10-year-old and 8-year-old child uh, yeah. who are very familiar with Star Wars, and I have asked them if they have any questions um, about Star Wars, some of which kind of possibly answer, but some are more open-ended and, and open mm -hmm. to speculation. So I'd like anybody to... Contribute. So these are questions from my eight-year-old daughter Mina and my ten-year-old son Theo about Star Wars. Um, so first of all, who's Lando's mum? <laughs> Mrs. Calrissian. <laughs> Mrs. Well, maybe she's a strong, independent woman and she didn't take her husband's last name. Any any out there theories? I think um, he named the Millennium Falcon after his mum. <laughs> that was her age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but, but her, her species, because uh, yeah, he's, he's part. <laughs> he's part falcon. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 space falcons grow uh, very old. Uh, maintain it could be, May, and we might even find this out tonight. The whole of these yeah, yeah. questions yeah. might be answered tonight. If Lando's mum. Yeah. Um, Billy D. Williams is eighty-two, though I think. Yeah. So if Lando's mum showed up, that would be That'd quite be surprising. Great. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, you can decide if you're going to award points for this. But I might want it. Yeah. Could be best, um, There's a very important question. This one, my son wants to know about. In Star Wars Rebels, when Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka were fighting Darth Vader, why didn't he just force choke them all? <laughs> because that would be a victory for Darth Vader. Was it? Did he answer the question there? No, he he wants to know why doesn't Darth Vader just force choke mm. anyone he's in a fight with? Well, it take, it takes a bit of focus. In, in the battle to do it and he has to lift up the hand to do the choky thing so if you've got two other people attacking you at the same time you're leaving yourself vulnerable you, you know if in Rogue One he doesn't do the force slam until he's taken out most of the other people in the corridor so that he's got one person to focus on so you need a moment you a moment to do that yeah so you think about even in Rogue One he does this basically yeah. a little pincher hand he, he, yeah. he choked he choked. He <laughs> <laughs> the battle. Yeah. Got to the battle and he choked. Um, what do they make their clothes out of? Also, how do they stuff a pillow? <laughs> well, we know canonically that ducks are part of the Star Wars ducks universe. Ducks are part of the Star Wars universe. Um, feathers. Because, because of the line, we're sitting ducks out here. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so... And falcons uh, also. And falcons. <laughs> yep. So duck feathers, falcon so some feathers. some kind of feathers. Would stuff yep. your feathers and nat- natural fibers for yeah. clothes yeah. i mean the empire is pretty much all synthetic fabrics my, my knocks are kind of um drapey they could be quite good for yeah like clothes you could do you get if you have so a my knock on though does somebody throw red paint on you and go well, oh I'm like a like, like a, a my knock scarf yeah, or yeah, something. yeah yeah <laughs> and you assume that the tuscan raiders would make the uh, clothes out of bentha here yeah locally sourced materials yeah <laughs> yeah yep. yep. um, it's sand that's, that's why they hate it so much. All the clothing is made out of sand. It's rough and it's coarse, and, and it, it gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. Um, why in Star Wars does grass on different planets look like normal grass? <laughs> Couldn't you edit it so it looks a bit more like space grass? <laughs> well, in the next version of the re-release Star Wars films, you'll probably see all kinds of multicolored. Yeah, I had a bit of a look at this. There are other planets that just have grass. <laughs> is, it the, is it the same thing as in The Walking Dead? How all of the lawns, despite years of apocalypse, are perfectly manicured? Are mown. I like the Stargate premise, which is that um, by travelling around to all these different worlds, literally seeding all of the world. So people have gone Mm. and thought, oh, this particular type of grass grows pretty nicely, so they seed it on those worlds. It is a very successful species. It's a a pretty good business model for growth. (laughs) Um, Are porgs tasty? Yes. They are? Mm. Yes. Chewbacca never finds out, does he? Because he doesn't, he just throws that one away. But wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be kind of like eating like a... It's, it's quite an intelligent creature, a mm. pork, isn't it? Yeah, terrific. <laughs> terrific. Well, they were, the porgs are kind of uh, inspired by like puffins, aren't they? They yeah. were puffins. On the island. Yeah. So the island, the island in Ireland uh, has puffins all over it. Yeah. And they're protected. And they couldn't move them, so they just CGI'd over the top of them with it made a new creature. Mm. Of the porgs. That's why we have the porgs. You're kind of like chicken with guinea pig. Yeah. I imagine. So if you all just imagine that. <laughs> yeah, those of you had guinea pig. Um, Michael, there's, there's actually a slide for this one, I think. Um, I think we should be the next one, hopefully. This Ooh. guy. Okay, oh, yeah. this is my... my Because my, my, we, we've got the toy of this guy that came from a junk shop somewhere else. That's the Acclay. And Mina, who's my eight-year-old daughter, asked me 
very curiously this afternoon, how do Ackley's mate? <laughs> carefully, very carefully. I, it would probably be an eggs and egg and fertilisation situation. I can I can see an appendage in that particular photo. I'm not sure where that's coming from. What's that dangler there? Oh, there's that? a dangler. It's uh, right behind me. Kind of I'm <laughs> comfortable about that. How do you uh, know that's not two of them mating in the right scene? Yeah. <laughs> like, one could just be like a couple of legs. And I did, I did actually look up, I wondered if there was an official answer to this, so I looked it up and uh, it, it said that they, they used an organ beneath their chins to oh, sense, the, sense the body electricity of their prey. But it uh, doesn't say uh, what well, maybe it might be multifunctional. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Some kind. I have a feeling they'd be like praying mantises. Like once they've like done a, their thing, yeah. one is it a female like, eats the male's head or something. Yeah, maybe they're d really different size as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the female and the, and, the, and the male is like the size of a porg. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or the porg is the male of that species. They did, okay. <laughs> Maybe. They did apparently have two in the, in the pen on Genesis that were a mated pair as well, ah. the canon tells us. So maybe the porg was just there, just like. Okay, and last one. Um, are there space bees? <laughs> because how else would there be plants everywhere? Yes. Yes, there are. There are space bees? There are yes. space whales. Yeah. Like you can hear, like on well, Dagobah. There are ducks. On Dagobah, ducks. you can hear insects. Buzzy and things insects. flying around. Yeah. There are a number of scenes where you see a uh, little thing being eaten by an alien frog. Um, in a Very sequence. similar to a bee, a frog. And there, there are frogs. <laughs> no, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's another insect. Very similar to your bees in many ways. <laughs> in most respects. And there are bee wings, so there must be bees. Bee wings, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. that makes sense because they can't be named after the English alphabet because yeah. they don't use the English alphabet. Yeah. Um, I did. I did look up space bees. Um, uh, the, if you want to go to the next slide, Michael, there's there's this guy. Um, yeah. His name is Nim Bees. <laughs> yeah. He's the closest we get to a bees, an official bees. Uh, he was in the Clone Wars, the Jindy Tartowski uh, Clone Wars series. Uh, look at his cute face. Yeah. He was murdered in Order 66. <laughs> yeah, so he's in he's in Autoland Jedi, the uh, same same guy who plays the the keyboard in Jabba's Palace. Okay, so we're, we're nearly at the end, but we've got um, one more round of of homework to hear about. Brennan, what would you change in Star Wars? Maybe we'll maybe we'll get it tonight. Who knows? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, there was a sound clip for this. There was a do sound have, clip. Do we have that? Uh, it's, I'll, it's. I'll set it up first, but can you give me a thumbs up? It's, it's not in the slide, but it is in the... Why don't I just run up? Okay, sure. Yeah. I'll explain. Uh, so I was re-watching the, um, the films in preparation for this. And, you know, this uh, the franchise has been pretty thoroughly picked over. But uh, I was watching one particular scene and a, and a word really jumped out at me and it um, gave me a lot of pause for thought. The scene is the one where Obi-Wan is turning off the tractor beams in the Death Star. Um, you recall that, um, and uh, as he's doing, he's hiding on one side of the control, like that control pillar, and um, some stormtroopers come out uh, that he has to avoid. Um, and uh, so there's a little bit of dialogue there. Do we have it? Okay. Let's just listen to it and just tell me, you know, see what jumps out at you. <laughs> yeah, now that's interesting, isn't it? A temporary <laughs> error. Okay. Can we write to the reports, please? 
It all jumped out at you as well, right? <laughs> Give me regular reports, please. This stormtrooper <laughs> said please to other stormtroopers. And that, that made me realise how little there is of good manners in Star Wars. <laughs> now, it's not surprising that you would hear it in the Death Star. It's it's quite common for these kind of fascist regimes to kind of uh, cover, uh, cover up their, their evil deeds with a veneer of good manners. Mm -hmm. But I did a search for uses of the word please in all of the films, and um, I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, who do you think says please? Obviously C-3PO says please, Princess Leia says please. Luke Skywalker only says please twice in all of the films. Once, uh, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, he says, Ben, please, please, as he's hanging, hang with what, you know, he's missing a hand, he's hanging off, he's about to die. And he says, Father, please, at the end of Return of the Jedi, when the Emperor is uh, killing him. Luke Skywalker has to be at the point of death <laughs> before he will say, please. I, I think that he would have got a lot more done if he had tried to use some manners, okay? What... Maybe if he'd used some manners, he could have got those power converters from Toshi Station. Okay, how about bring Captain Solo and the Wookiee to me, please? <laughs> Might have avoided a lot of rancor. Folks, we don't all have access to a magical power holding together good and evil, but we do all have access to a magic word. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all... Let's all try and... I want to see us all try and use please a little bit more. Give me regular reports, please. Thank you. Brilliant minutes, everyone. We have come to the end of this episode. Wyatt has been frantically writing things. She's doing maths like my own little R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit condescending. <laughs> yeah. hey, Minus four points for you. R2D2 <laughs> saves the galaxies more times than probably anybody else in the history of Star Wars. Um, so we're going to find out uh, the winner tonight, Moata, if you'd like to tell us. Okay, well, so as you will remember, earlier on, uh, Look Who's Tarkin was um, behind by quite a bit. Stunning performance in the quotes round, really brought it up so that... Uh, they were on 17, and the poor collective were on 18. I've now added the points for the homework. Poor collective have a total of 30 points, but look who's Tarkin takes it home on 32. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to the fourth. Oh, there's a prize. There's a prize. There's not usually a prize. Whoa. I went out and spent my own money, $2 at the warehouse on this exquisite set of four novelty erasers. There's two of you, so you can have two each. There's a Death Star, there's a Vader pointing at something, there's a Star Wars logo, and there's there's a Princess Leia, and she's got one hand on her hip, and then she kind of just stops at her <laughs> She's missing an entire arm, which is totally in keeping Aww. with Star Wars. 
There you go. No to raises, ladies and gentlemen. So we So yes, that is the end of the Star Wars uh, spectacular this time around. Uh, we've reconvened here in three years <laughs> when they make some more Star Wars movies. After what we say, thank you. Uh, let's give a huge round of applause uh, to Little Andromeda for having us once again. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you to both our teams. Thank you, everyone. Have an awesome movie tonight. I hope it's great. Good night. Hey. Hey.